Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. Show's namesake, BJ Shea, is on assignment and running the boards is Joey D's. Hi. Hi. On today's show, we will talk with Ken Carlson about his horror comic, Hellbound Slant 6, issue number three out on Kickstarter right now. Go get it right now. We will also talk about the trailer for the Disney Plus Miss Marvel series. Joe will give his thoughts on the Batman. I am Batman. Are you? I am Batman. Oh, wow. And we will get the geek sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. more. <laughs> or just search BJ Shays Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app. Now, normally we would have Gareth on the on this uh, on this Friday, but we're gonna push him back because we need something more important right now and way more timely. Because our good friend Ken Carlson has has his horror comic, the third issue of Hellbound Slant Six, that is available on Kickstarter right now. We've posted it on our Facebook page previously, and so you can find it there, or you can just search uh, search the old Google machine, or just do the search on Kickstarter as well to find it. It's getting short on time there. So we want to make sure and let him talk about what's going on with this comic. With me today is Ken Carlson, Kenzo FKC, if you search him for on, on the old social media as well. And last time we had you on, Ken, it was talking about Hellbound Slant 6. And I think at that point it was the second issue that you had done. That is correct. Yeah, it was issue two. I, I want to say it was in August of last year. Yeah, and now you're getting up on the final week. You've got just a couple of more days to go check out Issue 3 up on Kickstarter. We shared it on our Facebook page and all around as much as we possibly could. First and foremost, I want to say congratulations, because as of now, you do have it backed. But, you know, I think at this point, more people need to get in on this just to make sure that they don't miss out. Absolutely. I mean, that's the goal is... is it's funded, so that's fantastic. So I'm going to order up a bunch of copies of this and get them out to the backers. And then uh, I'm going to be at conventions. Like I'll be at Crypticon. Nice. Uh, I'll be at SummerCon, hopefully. Uh, I'm waiting to hear back to find out if I will get into Emerald City Comic Con, which would be fantastic. But yeah, you know, get in there. This is a, especially if you live in the area. This is a super cool locally produced comic book uh, about demons and, uh, you know, hot rods and. All kinds of cool stuff like that. I love it, too, because, I mean, just the tagline, a heavy metal hot rod horror comic by Ken Carlson, and <laughs> you you don't pull back. It, it really is very reminiscent of something that you would see, a mix between, like, uh, like a Tarantino flick and a Rob Zombie, well, movie itself, or, or even just a video done by him. Like, I love, I love the, uh, I love the gore, I'll be perfectly honest, man. Oh, nice, thank you. That's, that's good to hear. <laughs> And- uh, yeah, and then the Rob Zombie thing is uh, so each each chapter there are four four total. There's going to be four issues. It's a four issue limited series. Each chapter is named after a uh, white zombie song. Really, um, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, so the first <laughs> issue is called Blood Milk and Sky. Uh, the oh. second issue is called I want to say Blur the Technicolor. Uh, and the third issue, which well, uh, I think I did give you an advanced copy. Yeah, the third issue is I want to say called Creature of the Wheel. That is so cool, dude. That's like just that fun little uh, 
attention to detail that like if you go and you check this out and read it a bunch of different times you'll be able to fi- figure that out i just kind of it's just that vibe you gave and i love that you are really incorporated that into it yeah and it's, it's so it's interesting and i probably talked about this why well, i think it's interesting maybe it's boring uh but i talked about this last time i originally wrote and drew the first issue of this comic when i was like 19 years old yeah, which was over yeah. 20 years ago um and it was kind of like back then in, you know, like 97, 98, uh, I was listening to Los Exorcisto and Astro Creep like on. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> so it kind of informed everything I was doing. That was like the soundtrack to my life at that point. <laughs> that is fantastic. I really love the fact that you're incorporating all sorts of a, you know, a, a, like uh, just with the horror and the gore and all of that, you see lights, so lots of demons and stuff like that. But it's you. Like even with this this uh this issue, I I've read it and I love the fact that you do drop in some like biblical knowledge. I think that's super kind of fun, just because it kind of grounds it in something that people will know about. And uh, I personally, I do I like a lot of that sort of um like religious horror stuff. And like we're talking about the '90s and that. Do you remember the movie The Prophet with Christopher Walken? Yes, uh, the prophecy. I love the. Prophecy. Oh, the prophecy. Yes, exactly, yes. exactly. Like it, it gives that sort of vibe with like the 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 fact that you've got Danielle, who is just a normal person trying to go see her mother for the last time, and she's sucked into this supernatural war that she really doesn't want anything to do with. Right, and that's I think so. Danielle is kind of you know she's our avatar, right? She's she's how we experience this world is through her eyes and. She's supposed to be just a normal person, and all of a sudden, in the midst of the supernatural war, and it's overwhelming. She doesn't know what to make of it. She just wants to go home, but she handles it, I think, really well. Yeah. I think she handles it better than I would handle it, <laughs> because I would probably be cowering uh, in the car. Um, but like, I also love that sort of, and I and I looked around to see if there was actually a genre for like biblical fiction, um, like the prophecy. Uh, or preacher, mm-hmm. um, or uh, so lately I've been saying that Hellbound Slant Six is a cross between preacher and Rachel Rising. Uh, and if you've ever read Rachel Rising, it's a it was a black and white comic book by Terry Moore. I think oh, it lasted okay. for like four or five years, but it's a self contained story, uh, and it's fantastic. This you know, this woman wakes up one day and realizes that she's been murdered, and uh, she sets out trying to find her killer. Uh, and eventually there's like, you know, Lucifer and, and demons and angels involved. And it's I so I love that backdrop as a, as a mythology in which to like, you know, utilize some of these characters because it's very rich lore. That's amazing. I love all that. And I mean, you did talk and mention Lucifer. He makes an appearance in this uh, in this uh, issue. Absolutely. Yeah. Issue three is the issue where Daniel finally uh, gets face to face with the devil. And I love it because when you look at something along those lines, you think, um, you know, all all powerful, uh, you know, Lord of the Underworld sort of aspect to it. But he really, really does need her help with this. Yeah, absolutely. There's this uh, there's this artifact at play that has kind of um, a really dark event. So I think in the in the second issue, it was revealed that this it's a Paleolithic hand axe mm-hmm. um, that biblical Cain used to kill biblical Abel, and then. Uh, Basically, the story was that uh, Adam up in heaven was pleading with God to to bring Cain to heaven to say, quit punishing him and let him come home. And God's like, you know, OK. Uh, and he dispatches a messenger to go uh, 
to go to Cain and say, hey, you've been forgiven and it's time to come home. And there's this other angel that is watching God send this messenger. And this other angel hates Lucifer. So he is like, there's no way. He's like, if if Cain can be forgiven, maybe Lucifer could be forgiven. He doesn't want that. So he goes down there, um, convinces Cain to kill the messenger, traps Cain's soul in this axe, where essentially... Well, I don't want to give away spoilers. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. Save some for the people. I know yeah. you're excited about it, but you got to make sure they get it, man. Yeah. No, so there's, there's more to it, uh, and a lot of it's going to be revealed in the in the final issue. Um, and uh, and, and no, this, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And at this point, like the big thing also is that this is issue three. But even right now, if you're late coming to this and you're like, oh, I've never heard of this before, you can go back and listen to our other episodes to hear uh, Ken talking about this. But I'll, like, also, you can get right now, if you go to the Kickstarter page, you can get all three. There's still a a, uh, a pledge tier that will let you get all three comics. So if you're late behind it, you can still get those as well. Yeah, absolutely. You can get all three comics. And then uh, there's also a comic in there called The Devil's Daughter, which is... Uh, Another old comic that I drew a long time ago. And also, like, you know, anyone's going to be at Crypticon. I'll have copies at Crypticon for sale as well. Oh, that is so awesome because, yeah, I definitely will be there at Crypticon. Uh, it's been a long time before getting into those conventions, so it'll be good to see you in person as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, looking back on that, you've no- we've noticed a lot of uh, the 90s influence when it comes from um, this comic book. Do, what, do you feel that there's any, like, newer horror um, that really has uh, has uh, kind of uh, surprised you or blown you away. Um, gosh, it's 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 hard for me to to think of what I. Um, so the genre in which I appreciate horror the most is comic books. Okay. Um, I, I occasionally will watch horror movies, but I'm not like a diehard horror movie guy. But I will read it out of horror comics. Um, <laughs> but I don't always get to them when they're new. Like sometimes I wait until they're all out in kind of a, a collection. Like I just read oh. Rachel rising, like within the last two years. Okay, and I think okay. it came out in like 2014 or something like that. Nice. Um, but Rachel rising is something that I read recently that I would highly recommend to anybody that loves horror comics or just comic books in general, because it's really well written. It's will, it's amazingly drawn. Uh, Terry Moore, I believe is his name, wrote and drew the whole thing. And, like Preacher's another good one if you've never read Preacher. Good call. Good Hellboy. Call. All of Hellboy is fantastic. Um, Lock and Key is friggin' phenomenal. Is it? I haven't had a chance to read that one yet, and I've heard a lot of good things about it. Yeah, Lock, so I started Lock and Key, I think I was reading on Comixologies, or, or someone like, I, I ended up with a copy of the first trade paperback, and I and I sat down to read it, and then like immediately just devoured the next nine volumes. It's, it's really, <laughs> I love it. I love it. And that's the fact that people can go check out those, but then when they're reading your comic, either see the influence, but also understand how your work has, uh, has, um, been brought about from those. I, I, I really love the, uh, I love that dude. Yeah, no, thank you. And it's, uh, man, I, I love, I love it too. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I look at a lot of these uh, art. So like Mike Magnola, I think is a great example of an artist who um, when I look at his work, it's just like I, I stop when I'm reading it and I just soak in the pages because I, I think he's just an absolute master at creating a sense of just like a mood with a page. Um, nice. He just creates a feeling and an, and an ambiance. Um, and Hellboy himself is kind of a cartoony, cheesy character. Yeah. 
But the stories that Mike Mignola crafts around Hellboy are, I just, I love them. That is fantastic. I love that. Now you can see Ken live when he's hitting all the various uh, conventions. Like I said, you can go check out Kenzo FKC on Facebook. That's where a ton of updates are happening. And also KenzoKFC.com to get all that information. And I mean, Ken, you've been prolific in. We've had you on many times for all the different projects you've done, um, including Penny Palabras, uh, Dead Drift, and uh, I think even, yeah, with Roscoe the Junkyard Cat as well, winning awards with all that stuff, dude. Yeah, uh, thank you. Uh, so it was it uh, Enter the Mind Engine won yeah! Best Gamer Film at Gen Con last year. Wow, congratulations. Wow. Thank you. Yeah, that's, that was very exciting. And so right now you've got about a week until uh, the uh, the Kickstarter for Hellbound Slant 6 number three is uh, over. Um, obviously, you can uh, be able to get those um, later on at the conventions, and maybe if you beg them all, uh, uh, online, maybe you can make it happen. But get there <laughs> right now. You get the backing. You can get the uh, the preview Devil's Daughter, uh, the prequel Devil's Daughter, and then even so much more stuff there. And again, like I said, you can get caught up on all of the issues if you need to, or you can do some of the big uh, big backers. You got some big ones up there with the loads of extra things if someone wants to be be the big whale and pledge big on you. It's <laughs> always appreciated. I love it, Ken. Thank you so much for being on with us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Ken. Again, check that out. Hellbound Slant 6. Very easy to find when you get there. Now, going from comic books themselves to comic book TV shows, Miss Marvel this week dropped its trailer. This is going to be happening out on Disney Plus, coming out, I believe, in June. June 8th will be the premiere, so you'll be able to see exactly what's going down as Kamala Khan takes uh, the uh, the mantle of Miss Marvel in a sort of different way uh, because the big thing on this, and if you've seen any of the internet hullabaloo, her powers are distinctly different from her comic book counterpart. Uh, in the comic book, she can change her size, and she calls it like embiggen. So much that that word has actually been put into the dictionary because of this. Oh, that's funny. And one of the big ones that you might see, and especially when I play uh, I play Marvel Strike Force, the app game, which is basically like Pokemon gotcha battles and stuff like that. <laughs> um, you, uh, She has this ability to uh, make her um, arm arms longer, her hands super big, and she slaps everybody. And <laughs> so, yeah, so this is kind of like a good showing of what her powers are. And I think I've actually seen her. She also appears in like the little kid version like the spider-man heroes show on disney plus my little brother loves watching it he's Aww. three and it has uh was it Gwen? uh not gwenpool uh, spider <laughs> Gwen. yeah it has uh miles morales the spider-man peter parker spider-man and you get the hulk you get a lot of fun characters and uh, she does appear in it and it's pretty cool and she is still a superhero obsessed nerd who, ta- who looks up to captain marvel in particular she still um, belongs to an observant muslim family from jersey city but when it comes to her powers and Instead of that embiggening power, it's more of a purple cosmic power. Um, And people aren't necessarily sure why that they're doing this and changing it because it's markedly different from what they're going with. Like, she's going to have that ability to be very powerful, but it's coming from, like, basically glowing purple from her hands or from her body. And she's doing a whole bunch of different things with that. 
Some people are speculating the fact that it, her ability is kind of reminiscent of a Mr. Fantastic mm-hmm. who can stretch himself everywhere and do those sort of things that maybe since, I mean, it's all but essentially confirmed at this point that we're going to have a Mr. Fantastic, that uh, we that it would be a little too close to that and they want to change it. Makes some, sense. Some people are mad. But it's not the first time that they've changed a comic book character for a TV show slash movie. Plus, this could be a variant. Like, I'm, I mean, even if you think of all the Spider-Mans that we have, like, not all the Spider-Men have the the web shooters coming out of their their own body. They have to make it. And even on that aspect, Miles Morales had so many other different powers as well. He could turn mm-hmm. invisible. Yep. Like, none of the other Spider-Men can do that. So it's one of those where, yeah, sure, it might not be exactly what you think from the comic books, but that should be okay. Like, take it as it is as a kid, very much uh, reminiscent of Kate Bishop in uh, Hawkeye, who looks up to a, a an Avenger or a superhero with, uh, uh, with Captain Marvel, and then goes on the adventures and kind of learns that, you know, maybe being a hero isn't all that it's cracked up to be, or it's not always just the cool stuff, like, you know, the fame. You got to deal with, you know, being a kid and having parents and dealing with the simple fact that if you want to be a superhero, that stuff can be a liability. I I do I did really like the trailer. I have a feeling that so many people are going to trash this show because I don't think the show is going to be for everyone. It has a very young feel, more so than even like Hawkeye. Of course, we had Hawkeye in it, mm-hmm. uh, but we did have the whole uh, Kate Bishop, and we had I'm blinking on her name, uh, not Yolanda. Um, Echo? No, 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 no. Well, yes, Echo. Uh, but oh, oh, Yelena. Yelena. Yeah, thank you. yeah, exactly. Yeah, sorry. Uh, but that being said, like it still had. She was in. They were in their twenties, mm-hmm. so it felt more adult. These are actual teenagers. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people are not going to like the whole like, oh, teen love and all this other stuff. Like she's a teenager who wants to be a superhero, which how many people have when they were a teenager did not want to like I wanted to be a superhero. Oh, you didn't. Yeah. I also want to be a Ninja Turtle and a bunch of other different (gasps) things. I want to be a Ninja Turtle. Like, yeah, you could like that's what kids have. They have the imagination and they see something out there. They're like, that's amazing. I want to be that. And just imagine being a teenager in a world where superheroes are real. Right. So I feel like it's a lot of people are going to think this is too young, too childish, blah, blah, blah. And I say to you. Exactly. And this is going to obviously lead into the Marvels, which will be is the sequel to Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. which is going to have um, uh, uh, Mar- uh, Maria Rambeau. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to have uh, uh, Captain Marvel obviously, with Brie yeah. Larson, obviously. And it's going to have uh, Kamala Khan as in, in it as well. So this is going to be a lead in for that. And that's going to be in 2003, supposedly. 23. Yeah. Okay. Twenty twenty three. Yeah, you said two thousand three. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, Whoa, we got to go back in time, and you know, Joe doesn't like time I don't travel. Like time Fine. Travel, man. Yeah, and this uh, this series, this limited series, will come out June eighth, like we said, on Disney Plus. Uh, make sure that you get your adult uh, uh, verification on with your Disney Plus because uh, I don't know if we've mentioned it previously, but there's uh, <laughs> you need to go in there because they've got all of those Marvel shows that were on Netflix and now they're available on Disney Plus. They're very much not for children. Oh, yeah. And I tried before I changed my settings, I tried to look up Daredevil and I think I was still on like PG-13 type settings and I couldn't even look for it. Like wow. it wouldn't give it to me. So you have to go in, 
change your like putting your password again and change your settings so you could even find them. Ooh, I don't even know if I remember my password. Well, got to figure it out, bro. <laughs> uh, moving on from comic book TV series, now we're going back to comic book movies because Joe, you have seen the Batman. I saw the Batman. Um, first impression. How do you feel about the movie overall? Because it's a long one. The movie is fantastic. Wow, really? Yeah, Ooh. probably my favorite of the last maybe two or three years. Really? Like wow. in general? Wow. In general, yeah. I beat out Spider-Man for me, which is going to be a tough one. Yeah. Um, it's very long. I will say that. Yeah. Uh, and the first hour, maybe hour and a half blows by. There's a good 20 or 30 minutes in the middle where you it's going to be at slow because mm-hmm. they're trying to connect a lot of dots. And then the last hour is just fantastic. Wow. Yeah. Um, okay. Robert Patterson is a great Batman. And I got to tell you, I would not have expected it, but like. I've heard a lot of people saying that. Again, the, the same thing. They're like, the dude from Twilight is a good actor. And you're like, yeah, he can do other things. And like, here's why. And this is the crazy part. This movie has almost no Bruce Wayne in it. Okay. Oh. I thought it was going to be the other way around. Yeah, totally, because that's usually what it is. No, this is legitimately like, what if Batman was legit, like, like you know, young Batman, just he's been Batman for two years, and he's trying to really clean up Gotham, and he knows there's a lot of corruption, and he doesn't know how to get headway and beat defeating it, and what if he was just trying to solve murders as Batman all the time? Wow. Because you know you always see the bat light and usually it's like, oh, it's mm-hmm. the bat light and then there's a murder and then it's like Batman goes and then he's like trying to find the big villain and that was like the arc. This one's like, what if Batman was just beating the crap out of people every day and not making any headway and like just putting people in jail over and over and over and over again and then getting more and more depressed and like kind of wow. weird. And so like, you know, you get a little bit of the hey, we got a board meeting, Bruce, you need to be here. And he's like, no, I don't want to be there. And then that's it. And then the next (laughs) scene is him as Batman, like hunting penguin and stuff. That is interesting. So really, you felt he... Now, do you think that he is the best Batman? I mean, this is going to be, you know, Mm. controversy for all times. But this is, I mean, getting the opinion of someone who's uh, been able to see a lot of the movies, but, you know, you aren't stuck in like, oh, you know, uh, Michael Keaton is my Batman because that's what I grew up with. Yeah, this is tough. So the way I look at it, because I was, like you said, I've been the 90s kid to the Mm -hmm. 2000s to the 2010s, you know, so I've got those Batman movies. So, like, Bale is the best Bruce Wayne. This uh, Patterson's the best Batman. And then Heath Ledger is the best Joker, meaning villain. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's Mm -hmm. how I would put it. I still think overall uh, The Dark Knight is probably the best, you know, Batman movie, if you will, meaning, like, with Batman in the title. Yeah, 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 yeah. But not necessarily the best Batman movie. That's just the best villain movie. Whereas this is probably the best Batman movie. The suit, dude, is awesome. Really? Yeah, it's the coolest. And he doesn't even have that many powers. It just looks awesome. Cool. Yeah, he's, like, really human in this one. Meaning, like, he's a superhero, but he's more just this dude in a really expensive suit without powers just having to beat people up over and over again. And that's what everybody has always said. He's like, you know, Batman, he's just a rich guy without powers. Hours, and he's never really actually been shown that way because he's still doing all these like death defying, like sort of like adrenaline junkie sort of things. And I'm just like, yeah, but would would he really be able to be doing all of that? Yeah, it's a really good mix of him having to like use his brains as a young Batman, right? Because he's not that genius where he's always got yeah. a plan. It's where he's learning to become that genius. Cool. And he's dealing with a villain who's smarter than he is. So it's interesting where he's like trying to put this riddle together, these puzzle pieces throughout the movie, and the Riddler is literally like, I'm smarter than you. Do you realize that yet? Kind of a thing. 
And the way it intertwines throughout the movie, it's incredible. The payoff's great at the end. And I will say, when you get to the Batmobile part, you're going to lose your mind because it was really? pretty freaking cool. A little like there's a little bad payoff for it, but like the scene itself, though, I was like, oh my god, this is cool. <laughs> now you did mention the villains. Um, you've got uh, obviously the Riddler, we've got Catwoman, and we've got uh, uh, the Penguin. How do you feel about how these these villains were portrayed? Well, you would never know that Colin Farrell was playing the Penguin. I know, wow. like looking at the pictures, it, it still very much surprises me. Voice and everything too, but perfect portrayal. Like, I mean, spot on of what the Penguin would be, because like Penguin's kind of a little bit of a joke and kind of a really nasty person in the other portrayals of him. And this one, it's more of he's a real person but also a scumbag Mm -hmm. which is weird but when you see why he does what he does it just makes sense you're like oh yeah this guy would totally be doing that okay um best catwoman story by a a long shot like i I heard zoe kravitz is really good as the as catwoman (laughs) she killed it and on top of that like the story isn't i'm just a jewel thief which was always you know fine it's like I'm a sexy jewel thief. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> but she like it's in like you, of course that's another thing that just gets built upon as the movie goes on, where you realize more and more this character makes a lot of sense. And then you know, uh, obviously Robert Pattinson's amazing. Um, Andy Circus Circus Circus's Butler. Uh, oh yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Alfred. Alfred mm-hmm. Yeah, again because it's not really a Bruce Wayne movie, he's not in it a whole lot, but he was fine. I don't think it was anything super special. Um, Paul Dano as the Riddler was amazing. Uh, uh, oh, Carmone Falcone. Oh, John Tritano. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Oh, really, really him. brought me back to like what the like the gravitas of a, of a weird, like kind of like a mafia, cool mafia uncle. Yeah. You're like, I like this guy. Why don't people like this guy? And then as it goes on, you're like, oh, this, oh, guy's this is my person. Don't like, yeah. Mm. Well, and that was like in Gotham. I loved Falcone. Like he was a really good character in and that same actor. sort of, yeah, yeah. In that same sort of vibe. So just you're mentioning these and it's just like, the only thing that I was afraid of is a the length, but also like the fact that when you get this many villains or anti heroes or just Batman, you know, gallery of rogues, that it could feel bloated and like too much is going on. Yeah, and you do get just a little bit of that in the middle that I was kind of talking about. Okay. And I actually think this movie would be better if it was almost three or three hours and fifteen minutes. Like if they oh, so a little bit longer. Yeah, because there's a st- oh. I bet there's a couple scenes that could have been put in to kind of wrap the points up a little bit better at the end. There's a reveal that kind of gets like pushed to the side because you can tell they probably cut some stuff out because it was already too long. <laughs> like, not, it's like nitpicking stuff. It's not like really that big of a deal, but it doesn't wrap with the other villains. And so you kind of like lose ability of a villain in the middle of the movie, which slows it down a little bit. Okay. Because in the beginning, they're just like, bam, 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 clue, clue, clue. The, people are dying. Things are happening. Batman's getting screwed, you know, like. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it just, it, it really does keep you... Uh, connected to all the characters the entire time and every time a clue gets revealed or like Batman's trying to solve something it's not like super you know like blow your mind knowledge stuff it's really like basic dumb riddles but like as Batman's trying to figure out you're like well I guess three people could have done this you know because of the way they're phrased (laughs) okay yeah and then that's the big like pull between the Riddler and Batman the entire movie is it's like Batman thinks he's smarter the entire time, and the Riddler's like, God, I hope you really are that smart. And then he's not, like, over and over and over again. <laughs> it's like, you know what? My job would be a lot easier if you were smarter, sir. Yeah, and then so, like, because that's cool, because the Riddler's, like, violent towards people. Batman's violent towards villains. And then Penguin's kind of in the middle playing both sides the whole time, because that whole mafia's in the middle connecting yeah, it yeah. all. And it's just, like, goes back and forth. And Oh, and Jeffrey Wright is... Uh, 
It's uh, Commissioner Gordon. Gordon. Oh. Yeah, dude, so good. He, wow. he can't do he can't do no wrong. Like, I, yeah, he's I a agree. phenomenal actor. Absolutely, I love this too because uh, we're running out of time here. But uh, it seems like you could just keep talking about this forever. Yeah, and it's definitely a rewatchable movie. Nice. Really? So yeah, wow. you're gonna be able to see it twice because there's stuff I'm sure I missed. You know, just because there's just so much like subtlety to the uh, things that are going on and the overall message. And Batman goes through a whole transition from one hero to a different hero. So, yeah. All right, everyone. Give us your takes on it as well. Joe's super positive about it. Also, no time travel. So I think that no time travel. (laughs) But now it is time for the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what is going on? We got another one with Bruce Willis. Just, um, ki- oh, just kidding, geez. just kidding, just kidding. It is Friday, it's movies, and apparently not Bruce Willis today, thank I, God. I felt for like many a weeks we had Bruce Willis movie after Bruce Willis movie, but oh, uh, one lower on the list, and I'm counting it as a Bruce Willis movie because it's <laughs> it's one of those, like it's an actor who you really, I think you just needed a, a paycheck and uh, to keep your insurance. Liam oh. Neeson. No, <laughs> somebody it. not as cool or not as loved anymore. Oh, okay. He's older. He was the big, big dog. I'm trying not to swear. Big so, dog in like the 90s and so like 80s. Sylvester Stallone. No, he's Dang still it. cool. Like, I mean, people still love him. Okay. This guy, a lot of people dislike after he did some stuff. Oh, who? Mel Gibson. Oh, oh, he's still out there kicking around in old Hollywood, huh? Yeah, he's wow. uh, in a movie called Panama. It's an action mystery thriller. Panama. Right, that's what I thought, too. Uh, with a bunch of people that I don't really recognize, like Cole Hauser is, supposed, is like the main guy who's uh, billed next to Mel Gibson. But I don't know. But it's something. Morgan Freeman's supposedly in this. I mean, at least his his face is on the cast list. Well, not on the uh, Rotten Tomatoes cast list. Oh, okay. Mm. And they don't actually have him as a role for it. Everyone else has a role, so he doesn't. So I don't even know what's going on with this. Mm. Yeah, maybe he's a producer. I don't he shows up as God. Uh, but this is based in 1989 Panama when the U.S. is on the brink of invading Panama former Marine Hauser or played by Cole Hauser uh, is hired by a CIA operative played by Mel Gibson is a uh, for a top secret arms trade mission alone and among the most dangerous arms dealers uh, they learn the true nature of political power power with six (gasps) reviews and 17% all right, that sounds about right. Yep. That means one in what, six? That's yeah. about right? Yeah. I liked it. Mm. Yeah, I mean. I only brought it up because we didn't have a Bruce Willis movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it'd be funny. Uh, the one of the, the main ones, like when it's like t- first on the list, is a movie called Uma, Uma. And it looks like a horror movie, so I am immediately out. It's uh, star Sandra O. Oh, she's the main character. It's not yet rated, no reviews on either end, but it's. Uh, Uma, which is a Korean word for mother, follows Amanda, played by Sandra Oh, and her daughter, living a quiet life on an American farm. But when the remains of her estranged mother arrive from Korea, Amanda becomes haunted by the fear of turning into her own mother. Oh. And the poster looks pretty creepy. And it's probably actually like her, yeah, like maybe like a body horror type thing because yes. they do that a lot with uh, Korean uh, uh, movies as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm, one yeah. that I'm just going to gloss over just because it's uh, it was higher up on the list, which I thought was weird. It's called Sin Eater, another horror mystery thriller. Uh, nobody, like all the people on the Rotten Tomatoes cast list, like one person has a picture. <laughs> nobody. Oh, yeah. So it's one of those. No, no audience or tomato meter yet. Uh, one that is getting highly reviewed so far is one I have not heard of. It's called The Outfit. And no, not like 
clothes you're wearing outfit. I don't think. Oh, like a group, like it's mm-hmm. the, like the outfit of like army people or something like that. It has like a very like 1920s gangster vibe to me. Just like looking at some of the pictures, it has 49 reviews and it's at 96. percent So wow. not too bad. Yeah. Uh, it says from the Academy Award-winning writer for the Imitation Game comes the outfit, a gripping and masterful thriller in which an expert tailor. Oh, maybe it is outfit. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, must outwit a dangerous group of mobsters in order to survive a fateful night. I think it's one of those. Yeah, like, maybe things. he says both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the main guy is played by Mark Rylance. I'm not 100%. I don't know him too well, but Dylan O'Brien is also in this. And then Johnny Flynn. He's not a household name, but if you saw the show, it's called Lovesick on Netflix. It used to be called <clears throat> Scrotal Recall. But, Scrotal uh, Recall? Are you serious? Oh, it was actually a really good show. And had I remember a, you talking about that. So that's what they named it. They're like, okay, you can't do that. So they changed it to Lovesick. And it, the, <laughs> the, the series, the show on it was based off this guy who finds out he has an STD. So he has to go back to all his ex-partners and let him know like, hey, so I got an STD. You should probably get yourself checked, even though he's like calling people that he hasn't seen in like two, three years, which I'm like, that's not how that works, but all right, buddy. And it has, a, the reason I really got into watching it, aside the name, the original name, Yeah, right. Uh, a lot of the characters or the actors in this show appeared in the show Misfits, which I really enjoyed. Oh, that so, was a good show. So nice, yeah. A lot of phenomenal actors. I wish they had another season. It was really well done. <laughs> but the main guy in it was played by the guy I was saying, Johnny Flynn, and he also, I think, portrayed... David, not David Bowie, but he did a biopic recently. Oh, okay. Of a famous musician, which I can't remember off the top of my head. This one actually looks really interesting, and I'm really just basing it off of the movie poster, mm-hmm. the outfit. It looks really cool. Right. And again, like, like I, I think it's a double play on words on that sort of yes. thing when it turns out to be, yeah, it's like, oh, I'm a tailor who makes outfits, and you guys are an outfit of bad guys. Right. And I was right. He did play David Bowie, but that movie Stardust did not get well reviewed. Oh, okay. <laughs> then we don't need to worry about that one. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's not a whole lot. I mean, X is another one. 98%. I've heard some things about it, but I don't know. Well, I mean, it's still, it's been out for a few weeks, but you can be like Joe and just go see the Batman. Right. Go Batman. Yep. Uh, but until next time, guys, stay nerdy.